I'm going to ask Alona to come and to join me on stage, and we're going to interview. Why don't you give her a welcome? Again, is that too high? Okay. Too high? You're right. Okay. Alona, it is great to have you here with us in the church. We've all been looking forward to it a long time. A lot of people in the church uh, know about you because I've spoken about you and your story. And uh, when we've sent teams out to your church, you know, we've fed back and reported back. And uh, it's so great to have you with us over the weekend. It's uh, a pleasure and a joy. Leon always talks about you and uh, about <laughs> the church here when he's... Uh, in our church and in other places so it's, it's great to see you and to connect names with faces and with stories and all this is great great thank you um i said to you when you came uh, uh, on thursday or friday um albania doesn't have a great reputation uh in in our country because of the media and because of movies like taken and all that kind of thing so there's a certain kind of thing around our you know the, the baddies on movies are always nearly albanian these days um and i know that with your story and where you live some of that is justified because yes. there's some of that, yeah. but that's only a small part. Tell us a little bit about Albania as a nation, uh, just the breadth of that. Just yeah. just give us a little bit of background to Albania. Okay. Uh, first of all, before I tell you about Albania, I want to really say sorry <laughs> in the name of these people, and I mean it. You know, I I know that there is power in forgiveness. And I represent here an Albanian woman and uh, all the other people that have been here and have been mean. Uh, I feel sorry, you know, because we are not so bad. <laughs> Even though there are things that happen. But, you know, if you will understand uh, the history of Albania, you will somehow understand all of this. We have been for about 50 years under the harder, hardest and the harshest communism in, in the whole world. Uh, for 50 years, we have never dared to know about God or, or even mention the name of God because even the people that will do that, they would be in prison or they would be killed. Uh, in 1967, our communist leader, he will declare Albania the only atheist country in the world. Mm -hmm. And he would say to everyone, like, the, the Lord and the God of Albania is me. And if you dare to believe in any other God, you will be killed. And there were more than 30 Catholic priests. They wow. were bound uh, from behind the cars and they were pulled over in, in all the city to show everyone that if you dare to believe this is your fate and this is your destiny. So knowing all this, knowing all the hunger of 50 years of communism in 1991, then we understood democracy and we understood freedom in a wrong way because we were the other extreme, we were close, totally close, and then when we were open, it was like <laughs> freedom was do whatever you want, it doesn't mean what, what the others will feel about what you do. So this is where we come from, you know, we, we have been under this pressure all the time and somehow we are again, I know it has been 25 years in the transition, but again we are in yeah. this transition to, to really understand uh, who we are and to understand our identity. And uh, I'll say this also, Albania, it means literally the land of eagles. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you think about Albania, I want to leave you the image of, of the eagles, and I will talk more about that. Okay. <laughs> and it's a very beautiful country. 
isn't yes. it? And you come from the south yes. part of Invlora, mm -hmm. from the south part, which is very beautiful. Yeah. And um, just to kind of, so you, you, you're from a Christian, uh, you, you and your, okay, Orthodox background. But you met your husband Tani when mm. you were very young, and yes. he's from the north, from Shkodra. Yes. And so you got engaged, and, mm. and, and you, you moved up there, and he started a church. He was 17 yes. when he planted the church. Amazing. Yeah. So just tell us a little bit about the difference between south and the north and when you as a, a young girl yeah. fell in love with Tani, got married, move her up mm. to the north to Shkodra, what's the difference, what, what, what's it like in, in the north compared yeah. to the south? Uh, so uh, it is very different in the beginning, five years ago you will think like the north is like Africa and the south it was a beautiful place and our nature, God has given, has blessed us with so many, with, with a beautiful nature. We are we are based in the in the coast uh, line, and we have Italy in other part, other uh, side of the sea. And uh, when I, I met Annie when I was 14, and I got engaged when I was 16. I was very young, and when I went to my father to say that, look, Daddy, I'm going to get married with Tani, my daddy was crazy. He was like, "What is going to happen with you?" And he he always. Uh, didn't want it any we are four daughters four girls in our home never wanted any of us to go in the north because uh, north was poorer and tougher stronger and um, prouder you know <laughs> it's like and uh, also uh, the way of living in the north it was much more different with the way of living in the south so south is is much better or it has been. <laughs> and uh, so when, when I, I wanted to get engaged with Tani, uh, the, the first moment that I said to my father, like, I'm going to marry him, he, he asked me and he said, what is going on with your life and what is going to be about the blood feud? Uh, blood feud is, is a phenomenon that it is only in the north of Albania, is not in the south, especially the place where we live. Is, it is called the capital of blood feud. So to me, it was like I was 16 years old. I didn't know and I didn't understand. And sometimes when I, when I say the story of blood feud, I see people staring at me and it's like, uh, I know how difficult it is for the Western people to understand this phenomenon because it was difficult for me in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, when he asked me, what about blood feud? I said, Dad, Tani is a good guy and he goes to the church. He will not kill anyone. And he said, yes, but what about his uncles? And I said, like, if he does, doesn't do anything, nobody will kill him. But uh, yeah, then the story continues. Okay. But this is the difference. The, the North is beautiful also, and, uh, but the North is much more poorer. And the moment I came from a very safe family in the South, mm. and our father, it has been a, a hard worker, really hard worker. And uh, he has always provided a safety environment for us. And going in the North, 16 years old, to me, it was wow. like joining uh, an army in a military with guns okay. and all this other yeah. stuff. Okay. You've touched on the blood feud then. And so, so you found yourself as a young girl up in Shkodra in the North, in, you know, near the mountains. And that's where the blood feud. So, so, so before we talk about your story, just give us a little bit of a background to the blood feud. Because it may be that for some people, they don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. And maybe just a little bit of a background to the kanun yeah. and the background. Because it's, it's centuries old. Yeah but still very much alive. Yeah. So just, just give us a little, a little mm. picture, paint a picture for yeah. of what the where the blood feud comes from and yeah. the context. So uh, it's like 
hundred years old. It's like when, when the Turkish Empire came to conquer Albania, they, they started to force all the people to change religion from Christian to Muslim. And the people that will do that, uh, they will live uh, an easy life in the cities without paying taxes and all this. But the people that didn't, and especially in the north, uh, we have had a very strong Catholic influence. So the people in the north that didn't want to change religion, they couldn't live in a city because they will be killed or they will be persecuted during the, that time. So they went in the mountain to be hidden. And when they went to, in the mountain, they made different communities around the mountains. And then there was a an, an, an wise man, an intellectual man, that is called Leg Dukajini, and he made his own law how to govern this kind of communities that are not under the Turkish Empire, so that they will not obey their law. And uh, the law in the beginning was just oral, so they were telling to each other, this is how we are going to, to do. And it is a set of the canons. It, it, it is not just for the blood feud, but how to, to get married, how to divide lands and everything. But one part of this law is like, if someone is going to to kill another person in another family. And the families at that time, it didn't mean only the small family, but we call them as tribes in Albania, but it is wider family, and it goes in six generations. In the bloodline, only the men are influenced. And if someone will be killed from the, another family, then all the men of that other family will take revenge in anyone that they will find in the family of the murder. It doesn't mean that it has to be the murderer. It's just to be in the same bloodline with, uh, with the murder. So uh, it is according to the principle, uh, an eye for an eye. You know, so if the blood is shed, it has to be shed blood. But this is just for men. Uh, if the, the blood of the man would be shed, it will never be paid with the blood of a woman because the woman is not worthy enough to pay the blood of a man. And if a woman is killed, then nobody takes revenge for a woman, but the other family is uh, happy to, to pay the blood of the woman. So the blood of the woman can be bought, but the blood of the man will always be paid with the blood of another man. Wow. So that's 500 years old, but yeah. it's very much, unfortunately, alive. Yeah. So if we go to your story, mm -hmm. so Tani's uncle owned a restaurant, got into a, an argument with a young man who was drunk, who had a gun, a bit of self-defense there we would call it, but yeah. Tani's uncle ended up killing this man. Mm -hmm. What happened in your lives? That moment when you heard the news that Tani's uncle had killed yeah. uh, another man, what, what happened for you and for your family? Yeah, we, we have been serving God there in, in Škoder, and I have faced so many situations, like the blood food, food situation. I will have people in the church coming and asking for food. And for me, it wasn't understandable. How, how can someone ask food? You know, you need to work to, to provide food. And uh, when all this, uh, when we were living this, I, I never understood until the moment that a neighbor came in our house and said, don't go outside because your uncle has done a killing. It was that first moment that I saw Tani started to cry and, and thinking what is going to happen with the church. And to me it was like, church, we will come back, we will be here. You know, and he, he just stopped and he said to me, you don't have any idea the cycle we have entered in. And they have this, like, if the, if the trigger is pulled once, it will never stop. So it was like the whole cycle. And at that moment, 4 o'clock in the morning, we ran to go down and to be hidden in, our, uh, in my parents' 
uh, home with Tani's brother and all the family. And in that morning we were going, it was, it was September, we were going in every apartment with Tani's mom in the entrance to see if the, if the killer were waiting with a torch to, to see everything until, until the moment the, the man will come out and we will enter the car and just leave the place. In the first 24 hours, they go crazy with burning houses, killing even little babies. And uh, yeah, it's, it's unbearable for the first 24 hours. So in this kind of time, we, we needed to run. And the moment, I remember the moment I entered the house of my dad, he would see at me, we were all yellow in our faces. And he said, what has happened? And I said, blood feud. And he said, did I tell you about this, that this, it may happen? So when, uh, we, we entered blood feud and for three and a half years, uh, Tani was present in the house. We will have in the house the barber and the doctor and everything that he needed we will take in the house. And if we wanted to go somewhere, Tani's best friend, he was a policeman, he will guard him with the gun to come even in England, in the airport, or we will go in the, in the middle of the night. I was driving, Tani was hiding in the back of the car. And uh, yeah. Wow. And during that three and a half years, that's when I met you and Tani, and, and you must have then driven out of Skodra with him hiding behind yes. <laughs> in the thing. And that's when we met first. And uh, it must have been on uh, really, because you were leading a church yeah. then as well and, and serving God and serving the people. And then fast forward it. And, and how old were you? You were 24? Mm-hmm. 24. When, we entered blood when you entered the blood feud. 24 and Tani 29. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then nearly six years ago um, yeah. on a Friday. Do you want to tell us about what yeah. happened on that Friday? Um, yeah, before that is like uh, after three years and a half, God was speaking us to, uh, with, with a verse in the Bible that God said to Jacob, I will protect you wherever you go. I will bring you back to fulfill the calling I have for you. So for us, this meant like maybe this is time to go abroad. And we came in England. We had a two years uh, visa with the whole family, with children. And children started school, and it was only two months later that we were here, that Tani said, this is time to go back and to fulfill the calling that God has for us. And uh, to me, it was crazy, you know, because it, this was the, the safest time and the quieter time for me to just to relax and not think about the blood feud and thinking like Tani is closed in the house. Even that I was outside, I was not free. I was captivated with and uh, captive with with my my family that was in the house, and uh, so when he was saying that this is time to go home, is I was proposing every kind of suggestion that maybe we do this or maybe he said no 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 we will take everything and we will go uh, home because this is the time. So when we went in in Skodor, we found out I was hoping that maybe this is time that God was going to give forgiveness. We were forgiven by God, but the other family would forgive us. And I was hoping that maybe if we go, maybe this is time to put our feet into the Jordan River and the river will be open. And uh, so we went back and we found out the situation was much more difficult than we left. And Tani was, was pleading before God. And, and I, I remember the words of his prayer that would be like, God, if you want to take me off the leadership of this church, don't do this in this way. Please just show me and I will leave the church. And God said to him and reminded him the prayer of salvation. And it was like his prayer of salvation was, God, my life is not anymore mine, but is yours. And when he was saying God this, God said, if your life is mine, then go out and serve me. 
And after that day, he came to me and he said, I'm not going to be present anymore in the house. I'm going out. And I, I was lost. You know, you find yourself in the middle of two fires. The first one is like you don't want to forbid God's will over your lover one, uh, you know, to, to fulfill God's calling. And it was like, I don't want to be a stone in his race, but also I'm afraid of his life. What can I do in this too? And I started to read all different kind of stories, how to protect someone that is in blood feud. And one of the stories is if he is accompanied by his wife or his children, the killer will not kill him because if the wife will see the killing, she will never forgive this him. So uh, I was running for 12 months everywhere where he was. If we would go in the church, I'll be in the front, Tan in the middle, the children in the back. So we will be like the, an es escort going even in the church and running everywhere. And we were seeing God, you know, like so many people were saved at, the, at that time. And we were serving in the floods that we have in, in our city. And then it was one Friday that Tani had his day off, but we were for five days out of the church. And he said, I'm, I'm just going and doing some things and I will come home. And uh, so he went in the church when he was coming outside. Then the, the brother of the person that was killed by, by Tani's uncle, he was waiting outside the church. Children were waiting outside the school that Tani will go and collect them from the school. And he just asked him, are, are you this person? And he didn't know. We didn't know our enemies. We didn't know our killers. And he said, yes, what do you need? And uh, he just uh, took the gun out and he shot it at him. So at that moment, you know, it's like I was waiting him with my sister home. And I, I prepared the lunch. And we were seated and waiting him. And I was trying to call him all the time and no answer. And then... Uh, another people, another guy from the church called me and he said, where is the pastor? And I said, he's picking up the children from school and he's coming home. And then I, I felt something and I started to run in the streets to, because he was not answering. And this question made me think about what is happening. So I was running in all the streets to find him in, in the area that I thought he was. And then uh, my brother-in-law came, and then when we went in the hospital, we found out that he was killed. The, the first moment, you know, when, when this happened, it was like I was lost, and uh, I was very much unconscious. I don't remember so many things, but I remember some. Uh, I remember that I was found in Tani's family house, and the first scene I've ever seen at that moment was... Tani's uncle, they were hugging each other because they were not killed. And to me, it was like, God, this is unfair. You know, that Tani is unguilty of all this. And these criminals, they are hugging each other because they were not there paying the blood. This is not fair. And I was afraid of my flesh and blood, you know. And I, was, I, I then asked God that he will put an angel in my mouth that I will never speak against God in all this situation. And the funeral was just the next day, and there were thousands of people. And to me, uh, we have the, the ceremony in a videotape, and uh, when I see it, you know, I, I'm, I'm so grateful to God that the only word I was speaking in the whole time for about 72 hours, it was Jesus, 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 Jesus. And every time I speak this name, I know that there is power even over death. Wow. 
You know, so to me, it's like I, I was getting power in the name of Jesus in the middle of the valley of death, knowing that he entered that valley, he passed through that, he conquered death and grave. So, um, yeah, after then, uh, Tani, Tani was killed. It was like uh, for about three days, I was listening the the whisper of devil in my ears, saying to me, like, you are the killer of your husband is not the killer. And to me it was like, yes, I was not there. If I would be there, he would not be killed, you know? And I was believing this for three days and I was lost, you know, believing everything that was coming. And I was, God, yes, I am the killer. Can you forgive me as a criminal? And then it was only after three days that God spoke so strong to my heart. And he said to me, Elona, I was there with him. And it was so strong that not just I was there, but I felt what is felt. So I felt his pain. I, I, I saw everything that he went through. I saw everything and I felt everything. I was there with him and you better be grateful for the, for the years you have had him in your life that starting to, to complain for the time that he's, he's not anymore with you. So that was the moment of, if you have, uh, I know that you know the verse, that if you trust in him, he will give you the peace that is behind any human being understandable. And that was the peace inside my heart that I knew that my father, he was a good father. And if God was there, if he has felt what I felt, what Tani felt, if he was there, in, you know, because sometimes we know that God is with us. But sometimes uh, it's so difficult to understand that he's really with us, yeah. with emotions, feelings, everything, not just physically and not just being only there, being present, but also being present with all his holiness and fullness and omnipotence. Mm -hmm. So he was there. And to me, it was the I was I was secure then that, OK, if God was there, if he saw everything, if he saw the pain, then he knows what he's doing, and I will just blindly trust him in whatever he's doing. Wow. I know there's so much more that we could say and, and about your story, and uh, I don't want to just jump it in one sense, but obviously that all happened, and then you're now a, a young woman, uh, a widow, mm -hmm. two small children. Mm -hmm. You're in the north of Albania, in Skodra. Yeah. You take the church on. You're the only woman that we know that's leading a church in the whole country, let alone in the north. Yeah. Not only did you take the church on, um, you set up a foundation called No to the Blood Feud and Yes to Life. Not only that, but your church looks after hundreds of young of people who are captive in, in the blood feud. Just tell us a little bit, just a little bit, uh, about, and then we're going to see something about in your own personal pain and personal tragedy of what's happened, how you've uh, kind of God has worked in that so that now you're part of trying to see an answer mm. and trying to bring some light into some darkness. Tell us a little bit about what the church is doing and what the foundation are doing. Yeah, it was like um, when Tani was killed in his bag, there was a project against Bloodfield and it was his Bible. So we got the project that he had to work against Bloodfield and we, we founded the foundation called No Bloodfield, Yes to Life. And we, we just uh, founded that the moment of his 35th birthday that it was just the next, Tani went in heaven 34. 
So we, we founded this foundation because in our heart was like, okay, if he has finished the race, then the flame is passed over us. We will not leave the flame to be down. We will take it and pass to the other generations. So we did this and also something that is so strong in my heart is like in Revelation 21, God says like they have uh, conquered devil through the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony and I know that the, uh, the blood of the lamb was, sent, was, was shed once and forever and for everyone now is our part to take the word of our testimony and bring the light of Jesus and the life of Jesus in, this, in these families so we founded the foundation we went and found out all the families that were present in the house because of the blood feud and the, 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 the general and the common characteristic over all these families was they didn't have any hope and you can see that in the light of their eyes you could see that light the eyes are not shining and there was no hope and no future and I could understand because being a woman and being present in the house I wanted to buy things in the house like buying even kitchen stuff and I would not go to buy because I, I was thinking like what is going to happen tomorrow if I buy this and I leave I, I'm just spending money and imagine these families having no future and no hope, just in this circle of, of blood revenge there. So we tried and uh, we, we have this foundation and together with the church is, is arm to arm connected with the church. To us is like we are doing everything we, do, we can do uh, that they will live but also that they will find Jesus. To us, the, the destiny and the purpose of the whole this foundation is like food is for today. Uh, medical health is for today, but finding Jesus is even if you die, you will go in heaven. You know, it's like it, this is the best solution for someone in Bloodfield that if you have Jesus, you will have eternal life, even that it is not in this earth. So um, uh, taking care of these families, I, I was really uh, influenced by two of the people that were killed from the families that we have in the project. And it was uh, when, when Tani was killed, I was not so much conscious. But when these people were killed, I was like, I was lost, you know. It's like, God, we need to run and give the gospel to these people. And we don't have to be politically correct with them or something. We just need to give them Jesus. And it's like, give that armor, you know. So uh, we, are, we are taking care of these families that are in blood feud. And uh, our help consists in the basic food we we. We give the basic food as much as we can because this is the, the real physical need. The families cannot work. The men will stay inside the house. The women the, and men, the mountain people, men, they are, they are so jealous, so fanatic. So if the women will go outside, they have to turn back because they are jealous where they have gone and what have, have they done and all this. They will get drunk. They will start to violent them and... Uh, they are depressed totally inside and it's like a man is called to provide for the family and they are not men, you know, because they are trapped in the house. So we are doing this. We are giving the, like the basic food and medical help and uh, me uh, psychological help and all this. But overall, we, every time we, we give food, we will take them, all the women in the church, and we will give the gospel and the message of forgiveness. And it was only one year ago that uh, Tani was, called, was killed just in the street of the church. And I was so much tempted of, of changing the church building. Mm -hmm. 
And the church building in, is in a strategic place in Shkodr. It's just in the heart of Shkodr. And to me, it was like going through that place. It was reminding me every day all this that has happened. And it was maybe we should change. And I said, no, I, I should change. You know, I should get healed of that. And I was asking God, God, this was the last door. The door of the church was the last door that Tani closed to enter the door of heaven. Wow. And to me, this is like a symbol of death in a church, the door of the church to be a symbol of death. It was tough and strong. And I was asking God, God, we need to bring something in here that will be a symbol of life. And just a year ago, it was five years that Tani was, went to be with the Lord. So we, we, we opened the children's center called Dritam Proy Children's Center. That is the name of the, my husband. And to me, opening that center and having all the children, about 30 children that are influenced by blood feud, and half of them, they have witnessed someone uh, of their family being killed. Having this, you know, uh, and taking care of these children to me is like, yes, we are bringing life in this place. That's amazing. Yeah. Know, that's amazing. And, and you've forgiven the family who took your husband. And, and, and I've been with you when you've sat, when we sat in, in gardens with people whose kids have been shot two weeks before and you've been talking to them and I've watched you and witnessed mm. you uh, saying how you could forgive them because of what Christ has done in you. Yeah. And, and when any of them meet Christ, they get the possibility then to forgive yeah. and that stops yeah. the feud and that literally saves people's yeah. lives for yeah. generations. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. And we so appreciate uh, you sharing your story with us and we're going to hear from you in a, a little moment. I used to speak about 40, hour, 40 minutes in my church or one hour, so <laughs> I need to really be fast here. Uh, can we go together in John chapter 16, verse 33? These things I have spoken to you, that you, in me, you may have peace. In this world, you may have, you will have tribulations, but be of good cheer, I have conquered the world. I've conquered the world. Now, I want to say you three things that I've learned when I've been in my tribulations. And that, first of all, first of the things I want to say to you is like, don't be surprised when tribulations will come. Because Jesus has spoken and Jesus is telling the, his disciples before going to the cross. It's just before going to the cross. He's saying to them, like in me, you will find peace. Be of good cheer. I have conquered the world, but again, you will have tribulations. You will have tribulations. And in Peter, it says, like, why are you surprised that you go through all these tribulations and challenges in your life? Sometimes when we go there, the, the worst thing that can happen to us is when the, the place where we can find peace will be in doubt. You know, the place that we find peace is not in the world, because the world is conquered. But it's in Jesus that has conquered the world. That is the place that we will find peace in the middle of our troubles. And I said here before, like, when we are in our troubles, Satan will come and will make you doubt the place of your peace. Satan will come and will, will ask you and will speak you against the Father. 
And he will say, is this tribulation? Is this challenge? Taken in your life and brought in your life from your good father? It was the same thing that he did with Eve and Adam in the beginning. And he does that every day. The thing that he will come to you, he will say, is God punishing you? And I want you to know what I've learned in my troubles. The thing is, like everything that is happening in your life, even if it is strong and tough and hard and so, so difficult to carry, it doesn't mean that God is punishing you. It doesn't mean that God is toying with you. It doesn't mean that God has thrown you this to your life. No, he, he will never do that. We have the insurance inside of us that God will make everything work together for those who love the Lord. But he doesn't cause the things. He makes the things to work together. So when pain comes to us, he will make the pain to work together for those who love the Lord. And why does pain come to us? I want to say you something. It has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with you. I will say to God, and I will ask God, God, why me? Or when Gabriel came to me and heard, and, and uh, the first time that he, he knew that Tani was killed, he would say, why my daddy? And I said, because daddy has Jesus and he's in heaven? He said, I don't care if the others will be in hell. I want my daddy back. Why my daddy? And I didn't know how to answer. I said, I don't know. One day we will be in heaven face to face with God. And maybe until he will not reveal it in this world. We will ask him there. But I'm sure that God will reveal the purpose of your pain in this world. And sometimes we spend all our times asking why. And reasoning out why. But the best thing is, is better get prepared. It is better to get prepared because Jesus says in this world you will have troubles. He's not saying maybe. He said you will have troubles. But be of good cheer. Because our peace is not connected with the troubles. It's not connected with the outside world for taking peace. Yes, it's connected of giving peace. But not taking the peace from outside. Our peace is inside of us. And we can't give the peace in this world if we first don't have that peace inside of us. And that peace is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ inside of us. God will allow and God will make the suffering and the pain to prove and improve you. To prove and improve you. So if you are asking why, do you know... In Deuteronomy 29, 29, it says that the secret things are of God. There are some things that are secret for us at this moment. And these are, are of God. The things that are revealed to us, this is ours. And our children's forever and ever, it says. But if God has chosen to keep secret for a time, the reason that you are suffering... Or you are, if you are going in troubles, this is of God. And we need just to trust him.
And we need to, to stay strong and to believe his faithfulness. One of my favorite verses is, sing the praises of God in the morning and remember his faithfulness in the evening. Sing the praises of God in the morning when you see that God is there. You see his hand, you see his grace, you see his mercy and his love. But in the evening when it is dark, remember the faithfulness. Remember God of the morning. Remember God of the top of the mountains. Remember God of light. And if he has chosen that for a time you will be under darkness, be there and discover the treasures of darkness. There are treasures in the darkness. Isaiah, it says, like God is going to give you the treasures of the darkness. Do not light a human being light. You know the story of Abraham, you know. God promised him a son. And he was in the darkness for a time because the son was not coming. And he just switched on a human being light. And we are today suffering so much because Abraham lighted the human being and his abilities light on. And he went to have Ishmael before waiting in the darkness that God will give him the treasure to raise up Isaac. If God has chosen this, just obey and stay there. Because he will use you there to switch on that light in this dark world. And you know, one of the best things God has shown me in, in my challenges is this. You know, when we have troubles, God said to me, it is nothing about you. All this that has come, but I will take the pain and I will bring it together that it will work for you. You know, we know that the, the, the king of this world is Satan. And what Jesus says to us, I've conquered this world. When you conquer a kingdom, when you conquer a kingdom, the kingdom is totally conquered when the king is conquered. And if God says that I've conquered the world, this means that he has conquered the king of this world too. Jesus has conquered devil. And he went to conquer him, and he did that, that we can conquer devil today. You know, sometimes I've asked God, God, you can, you can crush Satan with your thumb like an ant. You can do that. And God said to me, this will be unjust. If I will do this, this is unjust because I am the creator. And Satan is the fallen angel. He is the creature. And the level of hierarchy is not the right one, but God is just. He will not choose like the creator that is up here to crush something that is creating. Here, down, is unjust, is not the same level. But God said to me, I've chosen you to be the righteousness of God. So if we are the righteousness of God made whole through Jesus Christ... We are the ones that are chosen to crush Satan like God can. He said in Jesus Christ, Romans 6, he says, Do not represent yourselves as instrument of sin, but instrument of the justice of God, the righteousness of God. What does that mean? Instrument of righteousness of God. God will be right 
and just if he will conquer devil through us, through the church. And this is the reason why Jesus went in the cross. It says in Hebrews, it says he ran the race with joy. And for the joy that was set ahead him, what was his joy? It's you and me. And he did that without thinking of everything, anything else. He did that, that through Jesus we will be the righteousness of God to conquer world. And you know, this world needs Jesus more than any other times. This world needs need the, the light of Jesus more than any other time. You know, and when, when, when Jesus says in the Bible, you are the light of the world. When he said, you are like a city in the top of the mountain. You know, I was thinking, when does the, sh the city shine more? And it's in the middle of the darkness. In the evening, you will see the city shine. And we are in the middle of the darkness. All around us, people are looking for something. And I was feeling so sorry that there are so many young people in this country that they, they decide to end up their lives because they don't know where to find the peace, the courage, and the, the value of their life. And this is the church work to go out and not think about what is happening to us, but run our race. How? Fixing our eyes to Jesus. And if you think, where is Jesus to fix our eyes? Is he just in heaven and I will fix my eyes in air? You know, when I was going through the grieving time, there have been moments that I've just raised my hand and I wanted to catch the hand of God. In my prayer, I wanted to catch the hand of God to not be fallen down. And God would say to me, Lona, reach that hand to the lost. The hand of God is to the lost the cross of Jesus, fixing our eyes to Jesus. Jesus is seeking the lost. So if you want to fix the eyes to Jesus, fix your eyes to the lost to bring them in his kingdom. Pain will cause energy and power inside of you. And you decide the way how you are going to use that power. We, we sometimes we say pain causes negative power. I have learned that the power is neutral, is not negative or positive. The way we take it out will determine if it is positive or negative. There is power, and power does not have this kind of things. It's the channel coming out. So if I will concentrate in myself, what has happened to me, oh, poor me, I'm a victim. This power will be negative for me and for the people around me. Nobody will want to stay with me because it's all about me. But it's not. It's not this time goes so fast. And you know, remember for a time, just for a little moment, if Jesus will not go in the cross. That was strong pain. If he will not go to the cross, then there will not be death. And if not death, we would not have any grave. And if not grave, we would not have a resurrection. And if not resurrection, then we will not have forgiveness of sin. And we would not be sitting here and having the presence of God in our hearts. So all this, it had to be happen that we will be made the inheritance of God. And this inheritance of God, it is 
trust it in your hands and in your heart. This is not all that God has in this place. There are lost sheep that God is waiting the church to go out and shine. To shine the light even in the middle of your pain is the best thing. Take this power out for the others. Think first of the kingdom of God. You will have everything else. You will have everything else. You know, in Albania, we use a lot of salt. And I was thinking, like, how do we use salt? We don't take all the salt and put it in one part of the plate, and then we just dump the, the food there. No. And sometimes we do as churches. We just gather together. And we are like these boats, you know, that goes down the water on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and coming up on Sunday. We come in the church and the salt is all together in the, in the side of the plate. But no, this is, not the, this is not the purpose of the salt. It has to be spread, spread out. It has to be spread out in the world that the world that is, is longing it says the world, the creation, is longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the revealing of, of you and me. Are you going to reveal yourself? Sometimes we, we say it's painful, yes, but it is the best thing. It's the best thing, you know. It's like if you don't take risks, you will never live. One of the greatest tragedy of human being it will be going to the end of the life and and finding out that you have never lived this is the the the, the worst tragedy that can happen to anyone we know that we will be in heaven but this is not all we want the crown and we want to stand with jesus face to face and he will say to us welcome faithful and good servant and i feel so much in my heart if if you are going and if you are in the middle of the valley, the way to go up is not just spending time and being in intimate time with Jesus, but also going out and finding him, his treasures. And just remember that the deepest is the valley, the highest will be the mountain, the top of the mountain that you will go. The deepest the pain, the bigger is the purpose of God. And when James says, consider all the great joy when you go through all the trials. Why? Because this will make, will, will have in you patience. And then it says, let the patience, let. Not the patience will have you, in you a perfect work. But you let this patience that will make you complete and perfect, lacking nothing. So, so this means that the reason we are going through all this in the end is that you will make perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Even not being fear of death, having fear of death. When you go there, you don't have any more fear. You are not afraid. Because what is death? It's just entrance in heaven when you know that you have ran well. It's an entrance to heaven. So I want... You have to live with this. I believe that this is the time that the church of God has to arise and shine. This is the time, but it needs a decision from us. Are we ready to say to the Lord, God, I want to shine your light? Not in the church, 
because it's easy to shine God's light in the church. I want to shine your light in the world, wherever I am. I'm not waiting until we have an organization or an organized group to go outside and shine all together. I'm shining my light wherever, wherever I am to find the lost sheep for God. And like this, we are until the moment that all the creator will know about the gospel of Jesus Christ and the power of salvation. Somehow, we as a church, we are doing that prayer in, in, in Revelation. Lord Jesus, come. It's not just a word. If you want Lord Jesus to come, go out and take his people. Go out and find the sheep. Until the moment that every creature will listen about the gospel and have the power of gospel. This is like saying to Jesus every day, I want you to come. I want you to come. So are we ready that in despite of what we are going through, what are we walking, we will set our eyes ahead of us. We will fix our eyes to Jesus and we will run. Not walk, we will run. We will run and we will, we will shine his light. We will be the salt in this earth, in the place that God has given to you. Are we ready to come before God with the attitude that Isaiah came? Lord, here am I, send me. Is nothing about me, is nothing about you, is everything about his kingdom and his glory. And he's going to bring that with me or without me, he's God. But I want to be part of the history, do you want? Mm -hmm. I want to be part of that kingdom, do you want? Are you ready to say to God, I'll leave aside everything. I'll leave aside my pain my feelings, my kingdom, and I will seek for your kingdom because then I know that you will take care of anything. It's the best thing. And while you do this is, I want you to not leave this decision for tomorrow. Tomorrow never comes. Tomorrow is not a reality. The future is not a reality. If you are tomorrow, is the present. If you are the day next, tomorrow is the present again. Live today. Do not live in the past. If you have done mistakes in the past, God is taking care of them. If you come in front of him with this attitude, I want your kingdom come in this earth. So leave the past. Take lessons from the past and use them today in the present if you want to change the future. And when you do this, do this with surrendering before God every day. Surrendering yourself before God and He will use you as instrument of His justice and righteousness to crush the devil in this world. Can we stand up and pray? Hallelujah. 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 If you are here and, and you are ready to say to God, here am I, send me. Here am I, Lord, send me. If you are ready, if you are ready today to say to your spirit, arise and shine because your day has come. 
just tell this to your God. God, here am I. Here am I, send me. Here am I, send me. And if this is too difficult for you to say, if this is too difficult for you to say, I want you to ask the faith of God to come upon you. That you will have the courage. Faith will give you courage to say to the Lord, here am I. Send me. Father God, I want to pray for this church. Father God, I want to pray that your light, the light of your face will shine bright over them. Father God, I want to pray that in every situation they will go through, they will fix their eyes to Jesus Christ. And they will not think of themselves, but they will run the race fixing the eyes to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you will give them wisdom to use the time. You will give them wisdom for not leaving the things for tomorrow. Because tomorrow it will be too late. God, give us wisdom. Give us wisdom to run our run, to run our race with with love and forgiveness and obedience toward your name and your kingdom and your will. Lord, we are sure and we know that every cup we are, we are having is something that we can carry. We don't, we don't want to fix our eyes to the cup of the suffering. Jesus didn't. Jesus didn't. Jesus said, God, your will. Father, your will may be done. And we want to say you today, Lord, your will may be done in this church and in this place and in this country. Holy Spirit, I want to pray that you will come with boldness and courage to stand up for the gospel of Jesus Christ. To stand up and shine the light of Jesus in this dark world. I pray, Holy Spirit. I pray that you come with courage. And you will make us bold. You will make us bold going through the trials and the challenges and tribulations. Victorious as Jesus did. And fixing our eyes to Jesus the cross of Jesus the compassion of Jesus is looking for the lost we want to fix our eyes and we want to have that compassion that when we see in the crowds outside we will cry for them to come in your kingdom Lord pour your spirit down Lord open the gates of heaven and give us a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. The anointing to be the sons and daughters of the Most High God. The anointing to be, to be the instrument of the righteousness of God in this world. 
And I pray, God, I pray, Lord, that when we go outside this door, we know that we will have situations that we will be proven if we are ready to practice what we have heard. God, give us courage to say, yes, I'm going to practice that. Because this that has been a secret of God till now, it has been made known to me and is mine. I'm going to practice that and to live that, to live Jesus in my life. I pray, Lord, I pray that you will give us strength and courage. And we want to praise you and we want to honor you. And we want to thank you that you are the God who has started the good work with us and in us. And you are the God that will finish it. You are the God that will make perfect everything and complete lacking nothing. You are the God. And all the honor and glory and praise is all yours, God. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen.